1: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, religion. Is it the opiate of the masses? Or are the masses already too stoned to need an additional opiate? Philip Picardi, host of the Unholier Than Thou podcast, is here to talk about religion and spirituality in the modern age. Nietzsche said, I cannot believe in a God who wants to be praised all the time. Yeah, God, what's up with that, needy much? We'll find out. Plus... Mailbag. Tony Nita Hull opens up the mailbag and discovers a new call-out to fans of Bonnie Burns. Crinkleheads unite. I am battening down my hatches. And finally, at long last, we have a winner in our vocabulary contest. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's conversational theology bending towards the God of coherency. And now, please welcome the woman who follows just one doctrine in discourse, that there is no God, there are no rules set in stone, humanity is awash on a wave of chaos, and it's every man for himself. Oh, wait, that's the philosophy of the President of the United States. Anyway, welcome the woman who doesn't follow any conversational credo, Paula Poundstone!
0: Mr. Leapola. Well, it's so nice to be with you. Guys. Well, I'm not really with you guys, but over the phone, you know. Uh, let's. Uh, oh, oh. Wait. Before I go any further. Uh, uh. Hi, Adam. Hi, Bunny. Hi, Tony. And thanks to tonight's band, Harry Orlov on the guitar.
1: Returning champion, Harry Orlov.
0: I knew I knew that name. Um. Hey, you know what? I I find. Lately now, um, I have to walk my dogs every day, and uh, I, you know, when I'm walking, sometimes what's going on in the world right now is so horrible that I've started saying to myself, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consciously reminisce. Uh, So that I'm not thinking about current times. And so yesterday I was doing this. I was walking down the street. I was reminiscing about this wonderful time I thought I had experienced with my son one time. Um, We were in Virginia together and we went to a place called Lake Anne and we rented a boat. And usually it takes me forever to get in the water anywhere um, because it's always so damn cold. But this water was so comfortable like I jumped in and out a bunch of times. It wasn't hard to get in at all. And he wouldn't come in the water, but uh, but I could talk to him on the boat while I swam around because it was so quiet. Hardly anybody was in there. And and it was one of the most lovely experiences. And I and nice. I remember at one point we had we had been in the water. We got over in this sort of grassy area and some sort of official came out, like some government guy came out and said, you have to move away from here. And so we did. Well, so later I was telling somebody about this experience and it turns out that is a man-made lake um, over at, at, like, at a nuclear power plant. Oh, oh no. And, uh, yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it wasn't really the wonderful time that I thought it was. The reason the water was warm was had something to do with that nuclear power plant. And now um, my allergies are much better, but um, my... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I have to blow my knees. I have a... <laughs>
1: uh, that, yeah. Well, you know, it also explains, Paula, why sometimes when we're hanging out late at night after we've watched a movie together, I can, I can sit next to you and read without turning on a light. Yes,
0: that's exactly why. I I glow now. Yeah. And when, you know, that's that's happened to me over and over again. Where I think I have a lovely memory. Like yeah. I I said to my middle daughter one time, I, I said, you know, wasn't it great when we drove to like Idaho or whatever it was? And she said, I always hated long car rides. And I just was <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And yet I've been enjoying the comfort of reflecting on all these long car rides that we've had where I thought everyone was enjoying themselves. Turned out, no, wrong wrong about that, yeah. too. So this idea oh, well. of, you know, sort of disappearing from the present uh, to reminisce, I think what I'm going to have to do is reminisce about someone else's life.
1: I can send you some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, Paula... Um, Let's go round the horn, up in the Simi Valley, our friend, our producer, your manager, Paula, who's uh, she's just poised to break out a nugget of wisdom or a bone mower two. it's Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle.
4: Oh, you're coming to me first. Yay. Yay. Well, I am a plethora of things to talk about today. I'm not quite sure where to start. Really? While I was All hearing right. the opening okay. While I was hearing the opening of the show, I thought I'd say, I love the idea of crinkle heads, And then I was gonna do this really cornball joke, which I'm debating about, but I'll give it a shot. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there?
0: What makes you think this is gonna be cornball? Quinkleheads.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crinkleheads yeah, crinkle crinkle who, who? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So, now, Bonnie, you had so what? much to say, and you more. went with the first thing. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait!
0: Let's go back. So you said you were debating about it, right? What was yeah, on the pro I, I knew side? It probably, I shouldn't do it. No, but- when you were when you were debating, was the side that said yes, do the crinkle head joke? Was that Joe <laughs> Biden or was that Donald Trump? Well, clearly,
4: it was Donald Trump. I don't know if you did this, Paula, when you were in therapy, but, like, when I was in therapy, <laughs> I used to think about... Fuck you! What do you about- mean? Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for a long time. Buddy, when like, I was in let, therapy-
0: No, wait. Right. I have a question for you. In the aftermath yes. of your nervous breakdown, how...
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown. Not even close. Keep going. When you were...
0: When you... When you were healing from that period of time where you were seeing things, do you, um, <laughs> what, what kind of tea did you enjoy? No, of course I was in therapy. Yeah. What are you kidding me? What I right. wouldn't give Who was to it? have that time and money back now.
4: Yeah, you know, once when I was in therapy, it, it took me probably two or three years to get up the nerve to do this. I used to hear this crinkling sound behind my head, and finally I got the nerve to turn around (laughs) and see what it was. And it was the guy sitting behind me. I was in Freudian therapy. He was picking the dead leaves off the plant on the pedestal (laughs) behind my head. (laughs) And I said, would you cut that out? (laughs)
1: So wait, you were tormented what by a crinkler?
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never thought of that, Adam. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like textbook.
3: It's like textbook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, you and I,
0: you went to a therapist where there was a, th- a, in, therpa- where a
4: therapist Well, you sat on the couch
0: and didn't oh, look at him so you God, could free associate. You stared awful. at the wall. Oh my God, this is terrible. Right. And the guy was like, Pruning. <gasps> he was pruning the plant behind my head.
4: <laughs> oh my god! I think I really only got the nerve to do that when I was starting to feel like I'm not making a lot of progress in here. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound I'm like
0: just... it. Uh, yeah, I'm rem- leaving. <laughs> do you remember the time that you were uh, you were telling him something about your mother? And he started vacuuming. Do you remember that? That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> just, just disrespectful. I think. I'm not sure this guy was really turned all that around, qualified. and he was in the
1: bathtub. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that swishing sound? What is? That? The water was just draining That's out. Funny. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't know anything about that. That's boy. You've been to some clinger. <laughs> I would, you, no. you funny, I'm into some, some therapeutic
1: clinkers. <laughs> in, funny, in I'm, I'm, I'm almost scared to ask. Was that one of the things you wanted to share, or have you, have both the no. things you've shared so far been extemporaneizing? <laughs> Speaking of free association, <laughs> sort
4: of got off, you know, extemporaneously yeah. talking. Well, how did that I happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think this is better than what I thought of. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Well, if yeah. if the knock knock joke. It would be hard is, to
1: lowball the knock-knock joke.
0: Yeah. If the knock-knock <laughs> joke is any example, and I'm gonna take a wild guess and say, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No. Do you do you remember the time you were with the the Freudian guy and you were laying on the couch and he was pruning? And you said, wait, I just wanna say this one thing. And you said, knock knock.
2: God
1: All right I'm gonna exercise I'm gonna exercise one of my few executive powers on this show and move on. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie Burns. All right, moving around the horn to Tony. Oh, what's the, what are the last 15 things that have popped into your head Tony? What do you got to share with us?
3: Um, so I uh, pest control was supposed to come today and I had to pull everything out of my cupboards in the kitchen and bathroom and oh, put it in the middle th- put it in the middle of my floor and cover it and then they canceled so all of my belongings oh. are just in the middle of my floor and i live in a studio apartment it's so sad i had to get a plate from off the floor and my air fryer so i could make lunch
1: ugh oh
0: is it isn't there a way you can use the air fryer on the bugs
3: oh god no <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think if you just don't, we should have that
1: insect lady back on. She could she could tell us how to cook bugs in an air fryer. Oh
0: no, you don't cook them. No, you you don't put the lid on, and then you force it. You you point it towards the corners and under things, and it um, air fries the bugs. What um what (laughs) what kind of bugs were they coming for?
1: These pests.
3: Um. I uh, I have uh, I see an occasional German cockroach.
1: German? How do you know they're German? <laughs> she talks to them.
3: Um, they I they're they're very specific kind of of roach that kind of almost it's look a, like crickets at first.
0: It's a German oh. cockroach. It has leadership much better than ours. That's how you can tell. <laughs> They're coping with their COVID better, and they have a better immigration policy, and, um, and now the eyes of the world are turning to them uh, for leadership. That's how you can yeah. tell they're German
1: roaches. That's how you can tell it's a German cockroach? Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The American
1: cockroach is orange. <laughs> Not only is it orange, it leaves a little orange trail wherever it goes.
3: <laughs> well... I'm looking for a new place to live, so. Are you really? I am. I want to upgrade to a big girl apartment with a bedroom and everything.
1: All right. right. Well, if anyone in the Southern California area um, has an apartment that they want to uh, uh, lease to Tony Anita Hull, I'm sure she's a great (laughs) tenant.
3: I'm a very good tenant.
1: Well, except that you keep all your shit in the middle of the floor. Okay. But hey, hey, if anybody...
0: (laughs) So right now, there's like a circle of German cockroaches in Tony's apartment that are right now talking about moving themselves. They'll go, she has all her shit in the middle. You know what that means? We got to find another place to go.
3: (laughs) Yeah. They're terrible. They're so gross. They're so gross. I hate them. I hate the Germans. Wow.
0: Not the Germans.
3: Well, the German cockroaches. (laughs) Sorry.
0: The German cockroaches. My heavens. Sorry.
3: I don't hate Germans. (laughs) Sorry. God, we're going to get complaints about that. No.
0: No. No, no. We're talking about cockroaches. You know, you could just as easily have said, I hate cocks. And. And trust me, we'd have gotten calls about that. <laughs> all right. Now, Paula, um, do you have a
1: vocabulary word for us?
0: Adam, along with all the other scares I've had recently, last night I thought my vocabulary had run dry. Luckily, uh-huh. because the podcast was coming up, I found a new word, a separation. A
1: severation.
0: A severation. It's a noun that means solemn or emphatic declaration or statement. Um, Wait a minute. Here we go. Solemn or emphatic declaration or statement. Okay, here. Uh, So I'll use it in a sentence, uh, which is Okay. I don't understand why the people in a position to remove Trump from power even temporarily have not made the asseveration to the American people that he is mentally unfit to serve at this time it's a great word and I would it like is. to do I would like to do it the honor of putting it in my vocabulary song um here it is ready um ready uh oh there it is
1: <laughs> is it <laughs> <laughs> no yeah
0: that's it isn't it
1: it is no
0: it is too there it there is. Go. This week's word is asseveration. It's a noun that means a solemn or emphatic statement or declaration. If we're too stupid to wear masks, we're all done. Last week's word was purulent. It's an adjective that means consisting of containing or discharging pus. I hope that never happens to us. The week before that, we had seminal. It's an adjective that means of a work or event or idea strongly influenced later developments. The Democratic Convention had virtual celebrants going back before that we had insouciant. it's an adjective that means carefree unconcerned free from care or worry i'll eat it even if it's furry and not long ago we had hyperbolic it's an adjective that means deliberately exaggerated this podcast is richly financially compensated And even before that we had lugubrious, it's an adjective that means dismal and sad, like when ducks poop on everything you had. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody, James Harder, corrected me. It's a noun that means confused, jumbler, medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, 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 but I do, I do. I do. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs>
1: bravo! Oh, bravo! Oh, boy! I,
0: I, there it is. I do want
1: to. I do want to point out a couple of little, little things here. Um, that that listener who called you on mispronouncing Galamoffry. Yeah. You mispronounced his name. James Heider. Yeah. What? How? What? I call. Him? Harder. Did I call him harder? Oh, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> but I got to say, I love asseveration. Asseveration? Uh, asseveration. A solemn or emphatic. What I like about it is that it's, it seems to have the word assertion in it, but it's more severe, which is also a word in it. I, I'm, in, I'm into that. Ooh,
0: ooh,
1: yeah. It's almost yeah. the same meaning, isn't it?
0: As assertion? Uh, no, solemn. Yeah. I, I don't know that an assertion is necessarily solemn.
1: Right, it could be giddy.
0: It is emphatic, though, so... Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, it's, you know, there's. I, I'd say they're probably similar.
1: That's what I would say. I, I, I will rubber stamp that. <laughs> Coming up, our friend Garrison Keillor said, Anyone who thinks sitting in church can make you a Christian must also think that sitting in a garage can make you a car. We'll discuss what church, religion, and spirituality means in 2020 with... Philip Picardi, that's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince, of Quince.com, the clothing provider.
0: Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream, and let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our...
1: I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me.
0: Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut
1: out the middleman. That's quince.com nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway... Use our code.
0: <laughs> On this day in unremarkable history, Titanic Captain Edward J. Smith said... Don't be afraid of icebergs.
2: <laughs> oh shit, did he really say that?
0: <laughs>
2: <No>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He said to, he said, don't don't let him dominate your life. That's what he said. Totally. I, yeah, don't go don't feel like you have to go out of your way because you see an iceberg. That's right. what
1: he said.
2: That's what he said. <laughs>
0: There
1: we go.
2: Sorry. Um, that's Sorry all right.
1: Sorry if I'm G-Railing this. Yeah. We like that no, kind good. of stuff. No, that's exactly the right Dude. energy. And we're back. Thank you. House band Harry Orlov. Now, Paula, I know one thing that you and I have talked about in the last year is that um, events are kind of leaving us scratching our heads about what people who profess to really be representing religion are doing to our world.
0: Yeah, you know, I noticed that when I was watching Kaylee, White House press secretary Kaylee McEnany, um, saying something that was clearly a lie. And, and, and then I realized I'd never looked that closely at her before, but she's wearing a cross around her neck. I don't get how that goes together. How does somebody who lies for a living square that with being religious? Unless uh, you know- that was just
1: a decoration. It could have been it, just a decoration, or it could have been the letter yeah. T. She might be married. Yeah. I don't know who she's uh, who her partner is, but it might be somebody named Timothy.
0: Yeah. It might have just been a poorly <laughs> formed plus sign. Right. Because
1: she's extra <laughs> yeah. plus good at lying. Um, well... Uh, Fortunately, we have someone here on our phone who has been exploring religion and spirituality in the modern age through lenses both saintly and secular. He's an award-winning journalist and editor, formerly of Teen Vogue and Out Magazine, and host of the new Crooked Media podcast, Unholier Than Thou. Please give it up for Philip Picardi.
2: Welcome aboard, Philip. Thank you, guys. What an honor to be here.
0: I just. I understand.
2: I'm just being fucking polite, you guys. Jesus. Oh, okay. Just, no, that was nice. Come on. That so was really nice. Movie. Yeah, you're welcome. Just,
0: when you say Christ. it's an, when you say it's an honor to be here, I just can't help wondering where else have you been?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, how? Well.
0: How low have you sunk? Um, I
2: mean, yeah. you don't want to read my grinder messages, but yeah, oh. that's. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't really want to read anybody's
1: grinder messages.
0: Uh, you know, well, I, we are honored to have you with us, and that's not
2: just Thank polite. Thank you. Thank you. I don't believe you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I'm. I'm. I'm fairly honest. She
2: uh, is. Okay. All that's right. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't always say when I'm upset about something right away. That's, that's right. That's a you know sometimes. Sometimes I do. Um. All right. So let's start with the basics, Philip. What is religion? Sure. How do you define it?
2: I define religion a lot like I define American politics, mainly in that it is a mechanism that exists to control people and potentially to lie people that is rooted in hypocrisy. Wow. Yeah. Were you expecting something different? No, (laughs) no, no. no, We we love that answer. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think people expect, you know, when I when I say that I host a podcast that's about religion, they expect me to be a religious person. Right? I am not a religious person. I, I do consider myself to be a victim of religion. Um, and by that, I mean, I was a homosexual who attended Catholic schooling for the majority of his life. Oh. So my whole lens on religion is really one that's informed by like, daddy issues, trauma, wanting to belong, thinking I was going to hell, and then like having a sexual awakening and realizing that the whole thing was kind of a farce. So while I respect anyone's, you know, religious identity, and I, in fact, sometimes I actually am very moved by people's stories of how religion informs their day-to-day lives, including their day-to-day activism... Overwhelmingly, I think that everyone, regardless of whether you are religious or atheist, everyone needs to have a really clear idea of the role religion plays in society, particularly in politics, and how it is still to this very day, maybe even especially in this present day being used as a mechanism to marginalize people and Mm -hmm. to deceive people. We need to be aware of this. I know in your, you said, you know, how can you be a liar and be religious? But it's like, honey, have you met the Pope? Like, come (laughs) on. This is just like, this is hand in hand with religion. This is what religion does. So if we know the enemy, if we know the dark underbelly of religion, Hopefully, that will lead us on a spiritual journey that awakens us and brings us closer to what God actually is, not what not what man made God to be. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I do think. Um, you know, I'm not a drinker anymore, but I, I and and of course now I, I think bars are really a terrible idea because of the virus. But when sure. we've but when we've rounded a corner someday and we don't have the virus. I love the idea that there would be a little speakeasy, maybe in Milwaukee, maybe in Madison, called Honey, Have You Met the Pope? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a great name?
2: Should, that, that was for worth like it. A, I love like a that. little
0: pub. And Maybe, <laughs> maybe you I walk... should
2: make it the title of my book. Like, oh, I don't know.
0: It's a great phrase. Um, and I'm always going to give you... Credit for you know when I was when I was raising my children, um, I would say to them that that religion was a way of people organizing themselves mm. to live together,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that I thought that's where it came from. Why, why, Philip? Do you think that so many religions have similar tenets?
2: Well, I I think most most importantly, religion probably was founded upon the same beliefs that a lot of modern societies were founded, which is like, if we can't convince you to follow the law of the land, maybe we can scare the shit out of you enough to follow (laughs) very similar laws to make you behave like an ethical person. So Uh that is not to say that, like, you know, religion is always bad, right? Like, thou shalt not kill is like a pretty good thing to live by. I agree with that Um, one. Yeah, that one I that one I I mostly most days agree with, uh, especially, you know,
0: I've always had a hard time with the idea that there's clergy in the military and thou not shall not kill. Right. It, It doesn't go with the military.
2: Sure. I mean, yeah, thou shalt not kill also didn't go with like the Christian crusades or the genocide of indigenous people that like the Catholic Pope effectively blessed, you know, because they thought they were doing God's work by forcibly converting people into Catholicism. So, yeah, it's it's incredibly to your point, Paul, it's incredibly rooted in hypocrisy. Now, which brings me to my next question for you, Philip, which is. Oh wait! Back up! Back up!
0: Do you think then that maybe "thou shalt not kill" was a typo?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think was the typo? The the T part. The T. Thou shalt no kill, or thou shalt. Oh shit! okay, yeah.
0: The T, and then that. First of all, it yeah. Okay, so thou shalt. Okay, so yeah, the. Oh uh, well I don't know. Uh, be, yeah, it be, wouldn't just be the T then. You're right. It would be N O N O T. So someone really like, you know. Someone my really guess it up. is they were chiseling on the tablets mm. and mm. and and their dog nudged their elbow. That's because that happens here, <laughs> not
1: with tablets. But yeah. Right. Um but what I wanted to get to was you you were just talking about religion in the, in those terms, and then you mentioned relationship with God. Now, Mm -hmm. um, do you want to kind of offer up how you feel about God and how God might not be involved with religion or the relationship between the two? It it seems like there's something interesting there based on what you
2: said. I think that there is a potential for people to have a relationship to spirituality or a higher power that can be entirely divorced from religion. And so what I would I would say is that I think a lot of young people especially have moved away from organized religion and have moved towards this idea of connecting to some sort of higher power or believing that there is something larger that exists, but that religion really isn't even scratching the surface of what this higher power is. So I think that, you know, for me, what I found solace in, especially growing up, going to church every Sunday, you know, being told to pray every night, I think the kind of solace that I've found in forging a spiritual path or trying to figure out what my spiritual path is. I don't know. I don't know where I'm headed with all of this, but I think that, you know, what I, what I've loved from what I've, I've heard from people who I've interviewed for the podcast is that like, it's a spiritual experience to protest, you know? It's a spiritual experience to be in community with people that you love and to be challenging each other about your ideas or to be listening to one another or to be doing community service or volunteering in another way. Like all of these things are spiritual outlets. If we look at them less as these kind of like civic duties or obligations and look at them more as a way to spiritually enrich ourselves, you know, maybe we'd have a healthier relationship with with doing those things too. Maybe we'd prioritize them in a different way. You know? Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Although I think you might be misconstruing spiritualism for um, for like happy chemical hits in your brain.
2: <laughs> serotonin?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually not serotonin. It's an o- oxytocin. Oh, oxytocin. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, not oxycontin, by the way. Oxytocin. Um, right. Don't and, and get you know, those confused. So. It reminds me, I, you know, I was uh, court ordered to AA for five long fucking years. And um, and I went. And uh, Congratulations,
2: but, by the uh, way. Oh, That's you.
0: great. Thank you. It was, it was wonderful. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> one of the things that really bothered me was that it's uh, the whole, you know, 12 steps and the turn your life, your will and your life over to God thing. I'm an atheist. And so I feel mm-hmm. that the government has no business Sending me to something that involves this thing. And by the way, Mm. let me just say this. I met some wonderful people. Um, But what people would always say to me is, um, it doesn't have to be God. It can be the ocean. And I used to say to them, (laughs) that would have worked just fine when I was drinking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) not Not that believing that the ocean is giving you some sort of message or direction is any more or less sensible than believing that it's coming from, a, you know, a white robed guy with long locks in the sky somewhere. But don't, I, the other thing I found was that people would just, people would just sort of pick something, you know, they'd go like, uh, you know, or they'd go like, well, my God, she. And like, uh, okay, maybe I, I don't, I don't think that makes it any more palatable, really. You know what I mean? How they just <laughs> make shit up as yeah. they go along. You know, why go to the trouble when somebody already wrote an outlandish story? Uh, why why would you write one of your own? I
2: just... You know, that's a funny, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I definitely understand what you're saying. What I, I think I've always found too, especially like working in journalism, right? And, and working in journalism at a time when... I was working for an outlet that was catering to millions of young women, specifically teenage girls at a time when Donald Trump, a man who had admitted to being a rapist um, and who was admittedly xenophobic and racist um, and then was winning the highest office in the land. Right. Which is that like some people need to be able to see themselves in stories in order to get the point of the story. And some stories are more powerful when there's a different person for once telling the story, right? So I think the whole point of all these different religions is it doesn't matter if one's better or worse than the other and we can obviously have many conversations about that. What matters is like what's getting you to the point where you want to make some changes in your life or you need a moral compass and you need a guide and then which is your guide, right? Like you don't, what I don't love about Christianity are all the rules that they kind of place around this stuff where you need to get like baptized and communion and like you need to like get confirmed and you need to to do all of these things according to the rules of the church. If religion was a little bit more approachable and if these faith stories were boiled down to what they are, which to your point Paula, is really just telling stories in order to be better people and better neighbors to one another, I think, you know, we'd be more successful. So ho- whatever story resonates with you, I say go for it. Who I mean, who cares? So it's the ocean. For
0: me, for me it's the Dick Van Dyke show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Great.
0: For me yeah. it's Christina Aguilera.
2: Understandable you, this is,
0: Okay uh, Wait This is I have something to confess I don't know who oh she is
2: Wait Wait What? <laughs> who is Paula, she? What, does she, do? with what does she do? You need she hang out with more Homosexual makes, men
0: That makes her be
2: <laughs> your Your spiritual guide I mean I'm mostly kidding Wait Are you serious? You don't know who Christina Aguilera is? No I don't know who she is <laughs> Okay She's an iconic singer Yeah Like literally Almost Whitney Houston Levels of vocals um, well, tell I me what she, was, she
0: sang. What songs did she sing?
2: Um, I'm a genie in a bottle. You gotta right. run me the right way. It was her debut "Genie in a Bottle"? She also sang "Come on Over." What a girl wants. I turn to you. Reflection from the Mulan movie. Did you see the Mulan movie? No. I'm really striking out yeah. here. Huh? Okay, okay, wait, okay. wait, she was wait. On the wait. Voice. Go
0: back to "What a Girl Wants." So, how does that go? <laughs> how does that okay. go?
2: But a I girl can't believe wants, we've come here <laughs> What a girl needs Whatever makes me happy Sets you free And I'm oh, thanking you Do you know, you know what I'm singing? I feel like an idiot She was my roommate for a while Well, you should oh, feel bad yes. Yes.
0: We yeah. lived in New York together Oh yeah. my gosh I well, that's remember embarrassing. her What a girl wants, sure
2: Yeah right, That's um, the one that did it for you
0: So what makes her Alright, so you this were kidding This is a
2: homophobic conversation Is it? Yeah, if you don't know Christina Aguilera, you hate gay people. I don't make the rules. Oh, I see.
0: (laughs) I thought it it was because I was about to say to you, if you get married, you can't have a cake. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's actually approved by the Supreme Court. That's fine.
0: (laughs) I never understood why gays just didn't choose another food for their wedding. I I just, (laughs) you know? You can't have, you know what? You can't have a cake cuz you're gay. So you can't have a cake. That's the same sex marriage that you don't get a cake. You get a cake if you're a heterosexual marriage, then you can have a cake, but otherwise you cannot. God won't let you have a cake. I've just <laughs> never understood what made cake so important.
2: They're so important. yeah, it's all about the religious freedom thing. People, people are, think religious freedom means they can discriminate against people. That's not really how no. religious freedom works, but anyways, it is, what but it, it is, is how religion works, sadly.
1: Um, well, sure is. Um, Voltaire wrote, "I have never made but one prayer to God, a very short one. Oh, Lord, make my enemies ridiculous." And God granted it. Love. Stay tuned to find out <laughs> more about other useful things prayer can do for us. The Cat of the Week is Tommy from Framingham, Massachusetts. and we're back with the host of the podcast unholier than thou former editor of teen vogue and out it's philip picardi hello again you know you've been talking a bit about spirituality and finance spirituality and there are there are people a lot of a lot of uh, atheists like paula would say that how could spirituality even be a thing uh in in a world that's determined by physics you know where's it located how, so how how would you square science with religion or science with spirituality?
2: So okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get very real for a minute. I know we've been like joking, but okay. my uh, the the best way I illustrate this is my partner is an emergency medicine doctor. So I am so fucking the...
0: scared right now. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
2: Let, just, him, let him got him go. <laughs> go ahead. So go he ahead. worked um, in the second most populated hospital in New York that was infected with the coronavirus, and you know there were plenty of days, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, when there was little information really available about how this virus was working and how to properly fight it, right? So the death rate was very high. And not only was the death rate high, but, you know, he was working in in a hospital in Queens. So he was watching as this virus really disproportionately impacted Black and Latinx people who lived in Queens. And I asked him, like, how he could still believe in God when he literally has a front row seat to probably what will be one of the biggest tragedies of our lifetimes. God willing will be the biggest tragedy of our lifetimes, right? And he's not a religious man. I don't want you to think that, but he believes in God. Like he believes that there's something out there. He's one of the reasons I wanted to explore religion rather than just like forsaking God and calling myself an atheist. Right. Because frankly, like I couldn't believe that I had found this person And so I figured if I found you and you exist in this world and we are together, there has to be something bigger out there. I believe in something bigger because I believe in you. And all he could say was that sometimes in the emergency room, there's shit that happens and you think that the patient is going to die. You think that the situation is beyond your control. And sometimes something works out in a way that just, you can't explain. Like medically, you can't really explain it. There's no other way to really put it. And he's seen too many of those instances. He's seen too many of what he calls these very tiny miracles that make him really believe in God. And so this is a man of science, right? He went to medical school. He is an emergency doctor, and he finds a way to really believe in God, even though he is working in science every day. So I don't think you necessarily have to choose between the two. I also don't think there's an explanation scientifically or spiritually to everything um, and so sometimes just like leaving the unknown to be the unknown is leaving space for something else that you can't explain. And that's okay. And I think that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. I am so relieved when you when you said he works in the emergency room and then you said he went to medical school. Oh my God, was I relieved. Um <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise. Otherwise, you have just hooked yourself up to a shyster. Uh, (laughs) So this is uh, so, yeah. So, are you ever wrapping a package, like say Christmas time, for example, which I celebrate uh, in a Santa Claus way, not in a Jesus way? But are you ever wrapping a package, and um, and the wrapping paper, as you put it around it, the image on the paper on one side lines right up with the image of the paper on the other side.
2: You know what? That has literally never happened to me. And I wish I could relate to that because that would be lovely. <laughs> it's never happened to me either.
0: When it happens, I say to myself, I didn't do that. That happened. <laughs> and I don't know how it happened. A Christmas,
2: uh, maybe there was an elf there who helped you. You never know. I believe no, in elf. No, I
0: just think it's something beyond. I I agree with you that there are things that we don't know and it's okay just not to know them. I, I definitely agree with that. I think too assume that there's a God involved the problem with that philosophy that there's a God involved that, that is the keeper of all that's right and wrong and has a plan is then how do you explain the things that weren't so happy
2: I don't think that God does <clears throat> have a plan for everything
0: are you crying I think right that now is... are you crying Philip no. I didn't mean to make you cry
2: I am absolutely not <laughs> crying I, if I'm crying it's because you don't know who Christina Aguilera is <laughs> no I I, I, I um, <laughs> I reject the idea that there is an all powerful being in the sky who's like playing all of us like we're a bunch of chess pieces. I don't think God works like that. And a lot of like, you know, modern religious thinkers truly don't think like that either. I think that, you know, God makes a lot of space for, you know, human error, for humans to do things that we are want to do. And I think that a lot of times if we are not connected to our spirituality, we do things that would technically be against God. But like, you know, a lot of, religious thinkers think that God is ultimately expressed as how we treat each other or like that God is in each of us. And so if we betray one another or if we mistreat one another, we are going against God. Not we're going against some guy in the sky, but mm-hmm. like going against God means being a bad person in the world, right? So well, I, when you think about it in terms like that, it's, it's a lot more approachable.
0: I always say to people, I say,
2: I don't believe in God, but I believe in you. And I really believe in you, Philip. I believe in you too. Well, I'll believe in you after you listen to Christina Aguilera's discography.
0: I what a girl wants is it like this? Is it what a girl wants? Is it like that? Yes, what? Yes, you got yeah. it. Okay, then I know. Okay, that. I believe in you. She's she <laughs> redeemed. Wow, that's all it took.
1: That's all it took. No, no. It, wow. Um. For what it's worth, I think I think Christina Aguilera is fantastic.
2: Wow, wow. Yes. He's really dunking on you, Paula. I could dunk. I could name at least two <laughs> songs that she's done.
0: Did she do the one hit? Me baby one more time.
2: Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god. <laughs> was
0: that was that her?
2: It was Britney Spears. Are you playing with me? I think you're Philip, playing. Philip, are, with are me. you
0: crying again? I didn't mean to make I'm you cry. I'm crying
2: again. I'm <laughs> crying again. It's like being on the playground all over again, Paul. I'm just getting trauma flashbacks.
0: Oh man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um <laughs> You know, the other night I was doing one of those cameo things, and, and you know, they the people that want you to make these little videos, they write what they want you to say, and these people wanted, they were doing a, um, let's see, they normally would be having a fundraiser for their organization in a place with people there, but they couldn't, and it was, was the Oak Park uh, something, LBG, and they used all the letters. So it was O-P-D... I, they must have had 12 letters in their moniker. And I said, to the, I said into the video thing, I'm like, you know, and I think they assumed I was gay. And so they said, you know, <laughs> so they, that's why they wanted me to do it, like without talking to me. But I'm happy to. And so I said, I said into the into the camera, I said, there's not letters for what I am. I, I don't know what I am. I, I'm and, I but whatever that. letters I am, it's squared. So it would be like, (laughs) it would, it would, or or maybe cube, maybe it's cubed. I'm like PP to the third. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I am. But these, okay. all these letters it's like too much phonics it's it's hooked on phonics gone crazy why isn't <laughs> there you just don't know one- what
2: you are that's totally fine we don't need to fix ourselves to certain identities but I do think that like having a basic understanding of the LGBTQ community um, I think straight people and cisgender people could do a lot more to just like educate themselves on the basics of pronouns and some of the like some of the terms. Um, I think it's kind of the least you can do because we just have to like constantly navigate living in this world with all the microaggressions that that straight and cis people throw at us. And, and obviously, there's like more severe things that are happening. So it's like just like do a little, just like a little light reading. You know, ah! just like a casual. Just keep keep an article up on the on the web on, the, on your laptop or your phone or something. I agree and, like, with that because it's, it's, it's not that
1: hard. It's literally the least we can do because because there's nothing else that we have to do cuz I don't have to think about that shit at all if I don't want to right wait yeah. isn't
0: there isn't there any way I could do
1: less <laughs> <laughs> you know let's move the now that we're here let's bring that back around to um religion because right now there's right now in our politics there's sort of a uh in the cloak of religion Assault going on uh, to LGBTQ rights and stuff.
0: So with the Amy, what is she think? What is she? Amy Co- Conan Barrett? Is that Coney? Is she Coney or Conan? It, it, it's
1: Amy Conan O'Brien. <laughs> no, it's Amy
0: Conan the Doyle. No, Conan the Barbarian. What? What is she? I so her being there would do what?
2: Okay. If Amy Coney Barrett gets appointed to the Supreme Court, we're going to deal with a a major conservative majority. Oh, sorry. Let me just wait for this police siren to pass.
0: Okay, what I'm going to take that what again.
2: If, what if it doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so if Amy Coney Barrett is... Wait, to the Philip, Court, I'm going to
0: give be- you my cell phone number and you call me if you need to. You stay in contact <laughs> with me.
2: <laughs> okay, go ahead. So... If Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court, we are dealing with a conservative majority on the court which will forever shape, you know, any sort of rights for uh, marginalized people in the country for decades to come. She will be the youngest justice. She's only 48 years old. And so that means that she'll be sitting in this seat for her lifetime appointment, which, and she is one of the farthest right people we will have, if not the farthest right people we will have. And when Amy Coney Barrett joins the bench, you know, she's already made clear through her career where she stands on LGBTQ rights. And she doesn't believe in them, right? And she also doesn't believe in reproductive justice. Um, and right. also she can be a helpful ally to the conservative justices in Back voting rights. So it's a really scary time. And it goes to show you why it is so important for all of us to be voting. Because if we vote for the right people, we vote for the right senators and for the right president, we can prevent these things from happening to stop our rights from being constantly under attack in this country.
0: Well said. I I honestly think the last the last day that I remember being happy. Was the day that the announcement of the the supremes uh when they um supported gay marriage um and i was happened to be working in San Francisco, and to hear the the sounds you know i, I it was it must have been right near gay pride day um it
2: because was it, it happened beca- during Pride month
0: yeah, because I remember they had their march that day. And I remember watching from my hotel window and, you know, it was one of those kind of things that it went on all day in some ways. I mean, there was the parade, but then there was where people broke off into little groups when they were going home and the people were still shouting at one another, uh, you know, down the street, it sort of dissipated into, into everyone's, you know, apartment and homes and lives. And to this day, when someone says to me, uh, like when I do did meet and greets after my shows and a couple would come up to me, a same-sex couple, and they would say, well, you know, this is my wife or this is my husband or what, you know. I literally would get a dopamine hit. I think even though it was years ago, I still have that feeling like, oh, yeah, that's such a great thing. Still just makes
2: me happy when I hear about it. So uh, that was really touching. Thank you for sharing that.
0: No, it's really true. Uh oh, I love I you know what? Here's the thing, Philip. I love people. And I love the idea. But not idea, in that way. Not like No, the idea <laughs> that that two people find one another is crazy lucky and crazy great. And love is love. And so it uh, really is. Yeah. Wow. It really yeah, it is. And so uh, yeah. I honestly think well that, said, that, that was the last day that I remember really feeling
2: optimistic and happy. And how many years you know, ago was that? That was 2015, yeah. You know, the the um, the day that Bostock came down was actually, it was wild because, so the day before, um, my best friend Raquel Willis was speaking at the Brooklyn March for Black Trans Lives, and we really had no idea you know, what to expect from the turnout because a big part of the Black Lives Matter movement was, was you know, really not necessarily centering the fact that Black trans women have been murdered at very high rates in this country for years, often without media attention um, Mm. or big public displays of solidarity. In fact, last year, the American Medical Association declared an epidemic because Black trans women were being murdered at such high rates. And so Raquel was speaking at this rally in Brooklyn. So I went, you know, with my friends to go witness her speak. And I was one of 15,000 people flooding the streets of Brooklyn. There were police helicopters everywhere. No one had any idea what was going on. And these speeches were so incredible. And it was such a powerful thing to see how far this movement has come and how much support, you know, was there. And then the next morning, the decision comes down that says that employment discrimination is officially illegal against LGBTQ Americans. This was a fight that ke- comes after marriage equality. This just happened, Bostock. Right, and it did recently, it just yeah. felt like... My gosh, like I, you know, the thing about the Republican machine is that they know how to pepper the news cycle with a bunch of evil bullshit in order to demoralize us and make us feel like there is no chance and that we shouldn't have hope. Their biggest weapon is disarming us of our hope and really hope is all we have sometimes. And so those two days back to back, I swear to God, it was like, I felt like I actually was... Physically replenished, like it was, like something had re-entered yeah. my body that had been missing, and it's so much of what you're saying. Like when you saw the LGBTQ people in their parade in San Francisco, it's like we cannot let them take that away from us too, because they're taking everything else away. So whatever we can hold on to, we have to hold on to it, because that's the only way we're going to win.
1: And and, yeah. and I think I think to underscore that, that part part of what the the conservative machine does is tell you that progress is not happening. And you have to take a couple of steps back and realize, oh, the last Democratic president was elected twice
2: in opposition to gay marriage. And by the way— Hillary Clinton still won the popular vote. And most Americans believe in reproductive justice. And most Americans believe that LGBTQ people should be able to marry. You know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Most Americans yep. believe in gun control. It's like they make it seem like the whole country is a part of their force and that we are the minority. And that's a part of their manipulation machine. And we have to be smarter than it.
0: Isn't it weird that we are somehow being put under rules that are not what most of us believe in?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, that's just very strange. Well, it's that's uh, that's the Electoral College, and it's the United States Senate. Those The little tiny flaws built into any system, just as, as, as things roll downhill, they just get more and more distorted. Uh, well, that's um, exactly
0: right. why I refuse to pay for my kid to go to the Electoral College.
1: thanks to philip picardi we've learned about how religion and spirituality impact our lives today and given all that paula we're going to take that information and now run it through the old pounce Donator. what you got
0: harry if i can get a little background music i'll tell you what the pounce Donator spit out Religion is both fascinating and confusing. One could talk about it forever. And I hope Philip Picardi does on his podcast, Unholier Than Now. He's really fun to talk to and really fun to listen to. Philip says that there are things like his partnership that feel so rich, so right, so fulfilling that they must be somehow spiritual. Maybe. Maybe. A man elbowed me in the mouth in a pickup basketball game once in which I was the only woman. The ball wasn't even anywhere near us. And then he said, if you're gonna play with the big boys, that's what you're gonna get. Seconds later someone passed me the ball right at the top of the key where I stood, still trying to decide what to say back to the man, and I scored. The swishing sound of the ball going through the net was damned close to spiritual. Perhaps the most (laughs) spiritual thing about it was that I never said anything back to the man. I'm glad Philip said it's okay not to know about these things because I don't know, although he's not the boss of me. (laughs) It would be fun to think that things that feel so good, like a long rally in ping pong with a crowd of friends cheering, not for a winner, but just for the rally itself. A temperature-perfect evening. That moment when a joke comes together in your head, serving, almost everything an otter does, voices muffled by snow, reading aloud to your kids. It would be fun to think that all those things have some spiritual origin. Unfortunately, they'd feel ordinary if most of life didn't involve some sort of bad smell dust, crushing loneliness, (laughs) financial uncertainty, countless instances of deep humiliation, and holes in your socks and trash bags at the very least. One thing I know for sure is that there's nothing more important than caring for one another. And by the way, LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. And I've added JF. Just fine.
1: Philip better have me on his podcast. (laughs) He is the host of the new crooked media podcast, Unholier Than Thou, and an award winning journalist, and just a great guy to talk to in an interview. Philip Picardi, thanks so much for coming on to our show.
2: Thanks for having me. It was an honor.
0: Oh, Philip, you were fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. You were terrific.
2: Coming up.
1: We have a winner in our vocabulary contest. Who are they? And how did they do it? Plus, mailbag. That's all I need to say. That's coming up right after this.
0: Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really gravelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say.
1: <laughs> what is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Because vet bills can really add up,
0: especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To
1: explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's A-S-P-C-A. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. Four out of the ten largest statues in the world, and at least 60 of the top 130, are of Buddhas. Scientists say this is mostly due to carbs. (laughs) (laughs) We now join the French Trump weekly Friday
2: press conference in progress. Yes, you, right there, you. Follow yes, you. Yes. Uh, thank you, sir. Emmett Manning, New York Newsday, sir.
0: Emmett, Emmett, yes. take that yep. mask off. Oh,
2: oh, god, again, sir. Okay, you just. Yes. You just spit so much. Uh, at at your rally, you called Biden corrupt. No one has found any evidence of that, but you keep saying it. You have a habit of accusing others what you have done. Do you think that's the case here?
0: I do not do that, but I heard that you do that. A lot of people are saying that you do that. And by the way, Emmett, it has not escaped my attention Jones that you have puffed up your orange hair and gained a lot of weight. Next question, next question.
1: All right, now, Paula, there is exciting news afoot this evening. Now, uh, let me ask you, do you remember our vocabulary contest?
0: I do, where where the listeners had to listen to episode 109 and find the vocabulary words that we used in it, and the winner could receive a Zoom party, as it were, with up to 100 of their friends, plus you and me?
1: That very same, self-same contest that has not had a winner suddenly has a winner. I'm so excited. Here we go. Uh, just To do this, because she's been the arbiter of the contest the entire time, let's bring out Tony Anita Hall. We're going to open her cage, uh, the, the Glaston enclosure from which she hasn't been able to hear us <laughs> up until this point. Tony Anita Hull, come on out here and tell us about the winner of this contest.
3: Yeah, so... Um, her name is Stephanie Lundgren from Portland, Oregon. Stephanie Lundgren! Stephanie! Yay!
1: Congratulations, I was hoping Stephanie. it
0: would be Stephanie Lundgren. This is great. Yeah.
1: You've never heard of her.
0: Uh,
3: she's married. She has three cats, and she said if she could pick one of her cats to be the cat of the week, it would be Momo, her oldest cat, and her sidekick.
1: Okay, you so know, right Stephanie, out of the gate, Stephanie wins a contest and wants more.
0: Yeah, is Stephanie <laughs> aware of the amount of responsibility for a cat that uh, that becomes Cat of the Week? I mean, does she know everything yeah, that goes into
1: it? It's kind of being a little bit of a stage parent, and a little bit ungrateful, I gotta say, Stephanie, because once again, Cat of the Week is, you know, it's a completely different lane. It has to do with your <laughs> cat, not you. <laughs>
0: Uh, So how did she do it, Tony? How did Stephanie, above all others, come up with the vocabulary words from episode 109?
3: She listened to the show the day after it dropped and was casually listening for the words, but didn't enter because she thought someone would have already won. Uh, But then she went back and listened to the show again and started writing the words down. And she remembered that I posted... Uh, the words on Facebook, so she listened to the show once or twice more before she pressed the send button on her entry.
0: My guess is that she got some guidance from Momo.
1: (laughs) Well, if she did, then Momo (laughs) deserves the call with a hundred of Momo's friends, with me and you, Paula.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be like, hi, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Paula. (laughs) I'd rather talk to Stephanie. So you guys get the Hawaiian chips, get the double-stuffed Oreos, get the Heath bars, and don't get any uh, Butterfingers because, you know.
1: Uh, they don't exist anymore. Meanwhile, tell Momo to start popping the popcorn. All right. Now, Paula, we always enjoy opening up the listener um, mailbag.
0: Yes, mailbag. we do,
1: Adam. And this is our chance to listen And respond to all the concerns that anybody might have.
0: And where are we digging this out of?
1: Our butts? (laughs) I'm not sure I understand the question. So to move on... Well, then I wouldn't answer our butt. No. Where (laughs) are we getting these missives from? Well, I just said we're getting them from NobodyListensToPaulaPoundstone at gmail.com and our Facebook group.
0: And someplace else. But now they're in our mailbag.
1: Oh. <laughs> mailbag. I have no idea where you were going with that, Paula. No, me neither anyway, either. Tony, what you got?
3: Uh, okay, so um, I thought this was so cool. So nobody, Allison Bell, was waiting at Target and decided to subscribe to our podcast on all the model phones. Isn't that fabulous? So Wow, target that yeah. is. Yeah. I thought that was
1: cool. I wow. love just, that. That's
3: fantastic. So yeah, that's, that,
0: that's thinking outside of the, the box.
1: It really yeah. is.
0: I love that. Alison Bell, you know what you win? Alison Bell wins the. She wins the mailbag. Can Alison <laughs> Bell have <laughs> like a winning Thomas. the mailbag.
4: Can Alison Bell have a Thomas coin coin?
0: You know, isn't it enough just to feel good?
1: <laughs> it's fine with me. I... <laughs> I,
0: feel like,
1: I feel like we're having sort of an impromptu rehearsal slash production meeting rather than a show right now, but we're going to press <laughs> <it> on.
3: Um... <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm giving Alison Bell a Thomas coin coin. I don't know if I have Thank authority, you, Tony. but I'm doing there it. There you go. So moving on to Lou from Tennessee. Uh, Thank wrote- you. Hi guys, I binge listen to you all when I make my every four week trip from Chicago to Tennessee. Maybe the long trip gets me a little loopy or maybe it's our present political environment fogging my brain. But Captain Crinkle sounds an awful like Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Did she grow up in the upper Midwest? I hear Northern Wisconsin in her accent. Might be fun to have her girlfriend Trump in a congressional hearing. Thanks for the many hours of mirth it really helps break the tedium of a long haul. At least now, since I'm driving, I can laugh out loud without getting strange looks like I did when I was flying. LOL. All the best, Lou from Tennessee.
0: Lou, wow. you have There's uncovered... There's a lot to back there. Well, Lou, Lou has uncovered something that we have obviously tried to keep secret, <laughs> which is... Bonnie Burns is a, uh, what do you call, it? she, what is that when somebody has a fake name? Alias. Uh, it's, it's an alias. Um, it's right. It's part of the reason uh, Amy Secret Klobuchar, identity. It's part of the reason that Amy Klobuchar did not win the primary. <laughs> uh, is that one day a week. She's been taping. Nobody listens to Paula Boundstone. This is Senator Amy Klobuchar. I can't believe somebody figured it out.
3: Yeah, is it it's because kind of amazing.
0: Is it I because she's true? It's because they saw the big mound of snow on her head one day, and they said, "Wait a minute." That's-
1: Were you in Minnesota?
0: Yeah, that is, I can't believe because we usually have Amy or Bonnie, uh we usually have her try to alter her voice just a little bit. But um yeah, I mean so a lot of people who who supported Senator Amy Klobuchar, remember how she would close out her speeches with Wahilo, well, that's yes. one of the
1: giveaways. That was a giveaway. Dead. So uh, now that the secret's revealed, uh, Senator Klobuchar, what are you hoping to achieve uh, legislatively in the uh, new new Senate session?
4: Well, I know that we're going to have a wonderful time when Joe gets in,
1: <laughs> and it'll be a wonderful new America. <laughs> well, God bless you, Senator, and God bless the United Ooh. States of America. Hey, Tony, what else you got in there?
3: Yep, uh, wow. this is... Fr- uh okay, here we go guys. Uh oh boy really. Please tell Paula not to dive into the pit of crappy slang. You guys oh. is the biggest <laughs> offense of crap slang with gratitude.
0: Scott Thibault.
1: Oh, this is going to um, go well for Scott. Wait, yeah. you you use guyses?
0: It doesn't yeah. sound like me to say use guyses. That sounds I like Adam. What,
1: I think what he's saying is saying you guys, which he is defining as you guys. Oh. Um, is oh, a, no, the biggest I s- of, yeah. Uh, well,
0: then, you know, then I stand guilty as charged, uh, Scott. I say you guys all the time and that's crappy slang? Huh. Well, I, he doesn't really
1: offer why it is.
0: Uh, you know, I would have thought like boob. Like referring to a woman's breast as boobs—that to me is crappy slang. Um, but really? Yeah. Yeah, you don't like that word. I don't. I I prefer breast, or sometimes just I'll say like below my clavicle. <laughs> well,
1: that's that's <laughs> really into uh, I'm non-specific there.
0: Yeah. Just below my clavicle, I think, is enough. Um, Yeah, okay. yeah. No, boy. So, oh, okay. Then I didn't even understand. <laughs> you know what that's like? <laughs> that's like, okay, remember the really great I Love Lucy where I she's pregnant. She, okay, she's pregnant and she's concerned that when the baby is born, he's not going to learn good English um, because they don't all speak proper English. So she hires someone to come tutor them in proper English. And it's, he's tutoring Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel. And so when, f- when Fred and Ethel come into the apartment and the guy's there to tutor them, the guy begins by saying, there's two words that I never want you to say. One is swell and the other one is lousy. And Fred said, well, why don't you tell us the, the lousy one first to get it out of the way? <laughs> and, <laughs> which is of course one of the funniest lines ever written and apparently um not even trying to i handled this the same way i'm like use guys is i don't say use guyss <laughs> adam says that <laughs> when what he really meant was that i say you guys yeah i do yeah and you know i have something to tell you scott i'm not gonna stop in the future scott I'm going to say you guys when I'm talking to my friends. And when I'm talking to you, I'm going to say little fella.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Senator Klobuchar, oh, do you want to weigh in on this?
4: I think everybody should support Joe. And when he gets elected, <laughs> we're going to have a wonderful America. I'm
3: starting to hear it. It's just yeah. so yeah. weird. Me too. Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. What else you got in that big old bag of um, yours, Tony?
3: Okay. Um, here we go. I'm a no... B- okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get it. It's okay. I want you to feel... It's really I not okay, feel. Tony.
1: No.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, no come
1: on, you guys. Okay.
0: It's okay with me. Sorry, little Stop fella. Stop saying you guys! <laughs> uh, Sorry, you I am channeling Scott there. All right, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Okay. I'm a nobody, of course, and I want to announce right now that I'm also a Crinklehead. Yo, make some noise, fellow Crinkleheads! We want more of Bonnie on the show. Thanks again for the greatest (laughs) podcast in history, Patty in Colorado.
1: Wow. Well, thank you, Patty. That is so... And and there is no way that Patty from Colorado isn't yet another alias of Bonnie Captain (laughs) Crinkleberry's. (laughs) a.k.a. Amy Klobuchar, (laughs) a.k.a. Patty in Colorado. Uh,
0: Apparently, being a senator at this point is really not keeping Amy Klobuchar busy enough. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, because now she's also Patty in Colorado. Um, (laughs) You guys, should we say that she's Patty in Colorado? Sorry, little fella. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I guess we should.
4: You know, people don't realize how smart I am because I went to Yale and I came from very humble beginnings. My mom was a school teacher. But even though I'm smart and I really want to have the world be a better place, I still have cankles. What the fuck are cankles? You know, all of us women get together in the Senate and most of us have cankles. That's one of the things we commiserate about at dinner.
0: (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're literally Googling Amy Klobuchar. That is what's happening here.
0: No, what is it? So you think that they, she would say that on like her website or something? I have cankles. I, I
4: know you I had sure.
0: somebody who
4: talked about faith today, but you know, God doesn't give you everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Boy. Uh You know, Senator, I want to thank you so much for throwing the primary by being on our podcast all this time.
1: That was yeah, that was that was was big. Tony Anito, for God's sakes, take us to the next item from our mailbag. I'm (laughs) well-intended.
2: What the hell is going on?
3: I don't. It's. I didn't want to interrupt a senator.
1: No, no, I don't blame I, you. I, I understand. Go ahead, Tony.
0: This is the second senator we've had on this show. I know.
3: Okay. Here we go. Final final mailbag.
1: Mailbag! <laughs> nice.
3: So, uh, this is regarding the story of Doug.
1: Oh, our late intern Doug, who died under such mysterious circumstances?
3: Yes. Yeah. That Doug. Okay. Okay. Um Sydney Campbell wrote Mike Boom Boom Bonafide.
1: As he, as Mike Boom Boom Bonafide might have murdered Doug?
3: That that that's all they wrote.
0: Well, okay. I <laughs> When I Mike does really want to be with Adam and maybe he felt jealous, so that's a possibility.
1: Yeah, absolutely plausible. Yeah.
3: Um Brian McCafferty wrote since we've never heard from Wendell, who I gather was Doug's <laughs> best friend, I suppose we'll never know.
1: Now, that's interesting. That's a very interesting theory. Because, Paula, your assistant Wendell, yes. um, one would imagine that as your assistant, um, he w- had to interface with Doug a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they
0: were thick as thieves.
1: Um, <laughs> right. And, yeah. But, yeah.
0: They were, they were uh, Adam, Philma. They were thick as thieves. Uh, <laughs> Wendell, <laughs> Good Wendell and Doug often uh, uh, went fishing together. It was a thing to see. Um, a- a- Adam, answered the phone.
1: Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Just as we're talking about our menagerie. hello. Hey,
0: hey, hey, Adam. It's it's me, Mike. Boom, boom, barfing. Am, am I the am I the hundredth caller?
1: No, you're the ninety-fifth caller in our contest, Mike. Good to hear from you. Oh,
0: son of a bitch! Hey, listen, you guys. Uh, sorry, little fella. Um, I I didn't kill Doug. I just <laughs> want to say that right now. I, I you know, I don't know. Are you sure, of, Mike? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh! Cindy Campbell, fuck you! I didn't kill Doug. Uh, I just want to say that. Because I, I don't want anything to stand in the way of you and me, Adam, hanging out after the game. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. But, it, you know, if if suspicion falls on you or Wendell, I mean, it's just the kind of thing you're going to have to deal with. We might have to postpone our hangout after the game if you're, uh, you know, under house arrest or something.
0: You know, I thought it was really funny. Adam it was when Bob Peltz said, boob. <laughs> Wasn't that great? She said, boob. When she said,
1: right, you know what she was referring to.
0: Yeah, I know what you refer to. Her tits. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
1: somebody's yeah. <laughs> Mike, were you just calling to to try to clear your name?
0: Yeah, you know. I, All right. I don't really have enough money for a lawyer right now, so I'm being my own defense. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you know. Home, home. Your, your yes. Honor,
0: Your Honor, I didn't kill Doug. Case closed.
1: <laughs> well, that's outstanding legal defense, Mike. Uh, well, do do thank you I'm for gonna, calling. Wait,
0: hold on, Adam. I'm going to approach the bench. Here I come, bench.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you? I, I got to go.
0: I got to go. I don't okay. have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: thanks for calling, Mike.
0: Good good talking to you, Adam. I'll see you, I'll talk to you this weekend, man. Uh,
1: probably not. Thanks, Mike.
0: Um... i, I, I Amy Klobuchar, were you a prosecutor at one time? (laughs) I was, Paula, but
4: the thing with that just leaves me speechless. I don't know what to say about it. I think we should really think about the positive things in life. And, you know, I'm going to close with this. Those fuckers in the White House that wouldn't wear their masks, they deserve everything they get.
0: Wow, that's powerful. What? That's powerful yeah. coming from you.
1: Yeah, yeah so um, Senator Klobuchar, to this date, has not referred to the people in the White House as fuckers, but I guess <laughs> all that changed here at the end of Mailbag. Well, you know, it, it wouldn't have
0: bothered Scott. I think it's Tybalt, I think. Uh, I think it uh, is. It, w- it wouldn't have bothered Scott uh, if it, the senator refers to the people in the White House as as fuckers. Um, but if she had said, <laughs> if she had said, you guys, those people in the White House are fuckers, he would go through the roof. Wow. i said you guys for as long as I can remember. I can't, I don't, I'm not capable of not saying you guys. <laughs> um, what is that noise I'm hearing, Bonnie? What? <laughs> I heard a noise. What was it?
4: I almost unplugged my phone.
1: Yeah, It sounds like you temporarily did and then re-plugged it in, uh, Senator. Yeah, I was playing with the phone cord.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can't help myself. I did it unconsciously while I was listening. Adam!
1: (laughs) Adam. If you remember during the presidential debate, she was doing that all the time, too. Yes, Paula?
0: Oh, yeah, the whole presidential debate. Her mouth would be moving and uh-huh. no sound was coming out, and then she would plug her mic back in.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: And she would say, I, I got Bernie bored. Sanders
1: would say, would you stop that? I can't hear myself think. <laughs> stop Bernie, crinkling.
0: <laughs> Bernie Sanders said, I paid the damn bill. Um, all right, uh, Adam. Yes. I actually have a date to plug. A date, date, like, out there in the world? I'm going to be somewhere other than Santa Monica. Tell me. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'm driving (laughs) over near Fairfax and Pico. (laughs) Um, No. Uh, (laughs) On November 13th and 14th, I'm going to be in Alexandria, Virginia, at the Birchmere Music Hall, one of my favorite places. And I just want to say that, A... They wear masks there, and B, they have tables so they can separate the tables. I want people to know that it will be a uh,
1: safe experience. Once again, that's the Birchmere Music Hall in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm excited for you, Paula.
0: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm also gonna do. I'm gonna do my own sound system, and Bonnie is gonna walk me through that. <coughs> <laughs>
1: Now it doesn't sound like such a good idea anymore. What are you talking about? Yeah,
0: Bonnie's going to show me how to plug in the mic and unplug the mic and plug it back oh, in again.
1: Real. So I would tell the senator to stay home. I really would, for her own safety.
4: I'm happy to help and you. And your
1: audiences. Thank you. You're
4: welcome. All right. Paul, you. you... <laughs>
0: Wow. And, for,
1: and for people who can't get to Virginia to see you, you also have this new game show available outside the Virginia area. Am I right?
0: I do have a new game show. It's on, uh, what is it on? It's on It's on my uh, my website, paulapoundstone.com, and it's on YouTube. And uh, it's called uh, Nobody Asked You Starring Paula Poundstone. It's a goofy little game show that's, uh, you know, just there to lift everybody's spirits. That's the whole point. What? And, and and that's all I got for plugs. You know, I've been very sensitive about the plug issue since Heidi, uh, since we did the mailbag where I believe it was Heidi who said that we did too many plugs. So that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Wow.
1: That's it. All right, I'll just throw one in and I'll say, hey, you guys. Sorry, little fella. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, The baseball playoffs are heating up and uh, if you want to see a game but hear professional comedians calling it from our booth... That's me and Jeff Cesario doing the Starburns Sports simulcast. Get your listings by going to Starburnsports.com or just go to my Twitter handle at Felber, to find out which game we're doing this week.
0: There you go. That's all we're doing, Heidi. That's it. That's it.
1: That's the that's end of the vlogs. Except to say, Heidi, you guys, sorry, little fella, if you want to enter our theme song contest to send your song to us at nobody listens to PaulaPoundstone at gmail.com. That's your address for everything. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone on gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Leifelber. Special thanks to our guest, Philip Picardi, and thanks to our house band returning champion, Harry Orlov. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone. Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, Senator Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> Ken LaZebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Thanks to our former intern, Doug. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen
0: to me? I I cannot believe that that guy figured out that that uh, was—or was it a woman? I can't remember Uh, anymore—that they figured out that uh, we've we've had Amy Klobuchar on the show, Senator Amy Klobuchar, (laughs) all this time.
1: I mean, I thought just— Klobuchar, yeah.
0: I just thought from the silliness, the ridiculousness of of what we do— that no yeah. one would ever guess that a, a senator, an important senator yeah. at that, was a part of it, um, boy. Well, I
1: think we gave it away because the Bonnie Burns character was just eventually too outlandish to be believed. <laughs> well, that's true, that's true. Because honestly,
0: what, would on. I really have been with her for 26 years? That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. That's Somebody who lo- Someone who lost a silicon earbud tip in their ear for a month? <laughs> It's completely, it's farcical and unrealistic.
0: Yeah, that's just, um, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense at all. So I guess, yeah, yeah. But um, I feel bad. Like, I I wonder if she's going to stay with us or if she'll feel the need to return to the Senate full time. Um, We'll find out. Yeah. I think that um, maybe... When we insisted that she come tape the show with us, even though they were having um, hearings at the Senate,
1: maybe she felt torn. Yeah, I think that probably she did, but she came. She came in anyway. Yeah,
0: didn't she miss that one debate because she was with us when we interviewed the um, penis piercing guy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe she thought the debate was
1: important, but not as important as the penis piercing guy.
0: Yeah, maybe that wasn't the best use of a Senator's time.
1: Now I feel bad well, about it. But... Well, look, it was her choice.
0: Yeah, that's right. Sort of A podcast network.